question is, are you ready? This is The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. On day two of the ACC tournament, Buddy Beheim pulled the Chris Paul a little bit higher than where CP3 hit Julius Hodge, but it's a punch nonetheless, which means the big question becomes... I was already talking about the tournament! Wake Forest digging themselves a hole early, Josh. They're down 22 to 13. I was going to get there. Boston College is playing no games. They are being led in the post by post. He leads with eight points. Wake Forest point leader is Dallas Walton with four. We'll be right back at you with more ACC tournament check-ins here on WSJS Sports. You don't have to do that while I'm literally updating people on the freaking tournament. Oh, is that what you were doing? I was talking about... The early game. You. Oh, I thought I get, you meant Syracuse by the early game. I thought that's what you're talking no, about. No, that's what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, I was talking about Wake. I, I know. I hadn't had time to get there yet. Oh, that's my fault. We'll get this hammered out. We'll get it Thank figured you. out. Thank you. Are you good? Uh, I think I'm good. All right. Good, good to know. Speaking of good, Wake Forest is adding more dirt to that hole. They've come out of the hole a little bit. 22 to 13. They just hit a free throw, Josh. How Back is that you. good? They're closer. It's 22 to 13 oh, now, not okay. 22 to 12. I thought you said they were adding to that hole. Oh, no, no. They're adding the dirt to the hole so they can climb out of that bad boy. Steve <laughs> Forbes on the roll. 22 I, to 13. I've Boston never, College. I've never heard that expression before, but okay. We'll get to Wake in a second. Buddy should be suspended tomorrow. We're going to carry all the games tomorrow, so we will not be on in our normal time slot from 3 to 6. Instead, we'll be on 10 a.m. to 11 following West Durham and Packer. West going to be a guest today at 5.30, but it's a punch. If you want to go by the rules, you look at it. They weren't called. It wasn't called on the floor, so then it goes to the ACC League office. A punch is a flagrant two. That was clearly a punch, so he should be suspended. And as I said, there's precedent for this. CP3, was suspended an ACC tournament game for what he did to Julius Hodge. Now, it's not going to be good for us, the consumer, because Buddy Beheim is a first-team All-ACC player, and even with Buddy in the lineup, Duke beat Syracuse twice by 20 and 25 points this year. With no Buddy, there's no hope for Syracuse tomorrow, but that is the right thing to do. As for the Deeks, they better get it together because this is a must-win game. If they lose this game, I'm going to have to go digging through my recycling bin for my Wake Forest press pass because there's going to be more home games at the Joel Coliseum. If Wake loses this game, book it. Wake Forest to the NID because this would be a double whammy. Not only do you lose to Boston College, which is your lasting impression to the... NCAA tournament committee, but you also lose the chance at a quad two win tomorrow against Miami. Under no circumstances should this be a loss. Wake Forest, in their one meeting with Boston College earlier this year, beat the Eagles by 30. 
That's the only time Wake Forest has beaten an ACC team by 30 points in the last five years. So much is on the line here. A win today should be enough to get in. This would be so painful. This might be the most painful Wake Forest loss in recent memory if it were to happen because I believe a win is enough. I don't think 24-9 and Wake gets left out assuming they lose to Miami tomorrow, 13-7 and in the ACC regular season, plus a win today. With the coach of the year and player of the year, I don't think that team gets left out. I don't. However, I wouldn't feel comfortable on Selection Sunday, even with a win and a loss tomorrow. I think it should be enough. Not if they lose this game. No. So we'll certainly keep close eye on that. BDOT, he's going to be in studio with us a little bit later on this hour. And as I mentioned, Wes Durham going to join us at 5.30. We've got corn tic- uh, tickets to give away today. This is the sound that you should be listening for to win those corn tickets. Oh my God, it's corn. Later this hour, we'll give away a pair of those. We'll give away another pair later on in the show. We have uh, Wake Baseball tickets. The Demon Deacons welcoming in Florida State on Friday. If you want to go to the couch, do we have sound for that as well? We do, uh, but I forgot to save it, and that's my fault. So it's probably going to be a baseball sound, like a bat cracking or something. Okay. But we will have tickets for the whole weekend, but today we're giving away the Friday tickets. Gotcha. So we'll have tickets for the entire weekend that we'll be giving away throughout Baseball season, we'll have Wake Forest baseball tickets. That's enough on the Deeks for now. Teams are starting to make moves across the National Football League. Yesterday, Denver brought in Russell Wilson. Today, the Washington Commanders traded for Carson Wentz. A couple third-round picks, according to reports, going back to Indianapolis. Meanwhile, the Carolina Panthers, they've been quiet too quiet and I think that's something that's going to change in the next couple of weeks I think the Panthers are preparing to make their move they've built up cap space over the last week Shaq Thompson restructuring his deal Taylor Moten restructuring his deal and based on what I've been told Pat Elfline is among the players who are expected to do the same I think they're building towards a pretty big acquisition and it very well might be the quarterback. We'll get clarity on Deshaun Watson on Friday. That's the day we will know whether or not he's going to be criminally charged with all the allegations that he's faced. A case that should be resolved by the end of the month. This is Ian Rappaport providing the latest on Deshaun's trade market. Where's he going to be traded? And from my understanding, his market is still... Robust, One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when he is on the field. Obviously did not play last year while the Houston Texans sorted his situation out. Uh, this is coming and among the teams who are expected to have interest in Deshaun Watson. The Carolina Panthers who have had interest really throughout. Perhaps the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They could be interested as well. And there's a team in Seattle who may be interested. They have a quarterback need as well now. And if you want to try and connect some dots... Do you think it's a coincidence all these quarterback moves are being made? Carolina's had interest in some of those players being traded. We learned that 
The Panthers were on the phone with the Seahawks trying to get Russell Wilson, but were told that they preferred to send him to Denver because Denver was in a different conference. Yesterday, we also learned that Christian McCaffrey was not untouchable. That was my takeaway from that headline. It's not that the Panthers are shopping him, so it's not quite to the degree of the Saquon Barkley situation in New York, but the Panthers are listening to offers. That's a signal that they'd be able, they'd be willing to move off McCaffrey if the offer was right. If McCaffrey was thrown into a deal, say for Deshaun Watson, throw in some first, it's something that seems a little bit more realistic. And I think Carolina might be one of the teams to make a run at Bobby Wagner. Scott Fitterer spent a lot of time in Seattle. He helped draft Bobby Wagner. The Panthers, the last two years since Luke Keekley's retired, has looked for the middle linebacker to really lead that linebacking core. They have their leader. They felt they drafted it on the D-line with Derrick Brown. Last year, they drafted J.C. Horn. Jeremy Chin's in that secondary. They don't have a leader in that linebacking core. If they probably would have stuck with Denzel Perryman last year rather than sending him off to the Raiders just for him to be a Pro Bowl caliber player, then maybe they have that answer. But that's something I would keep a pretty close eye on too. The Panthers, they're building up cap space. They have needs. They have an aggressive GM that came from Seattle, which is known for being in on every single deal. They have an owner who wants to shake things up as well. The Panthers, they're going to make their move. It's just not going to be Carson Wentz, as we learned today. It's not going to be Russell Wilson, which we learned yesterday. And given Jimmy G's shoulder surgery, I'd be surprised if it's Jimmy G either. I think they're going to try and make a run for Deshaun Watson. And I think Christian McCaffrey could be a part of that deal. And I'm glad you made that connection because when the Christian news came out, as soon as it came out, it's like they're asking for a first and a player. Who would leak that besides the Panthers? Mm -hmm. Who else would that gain any uh, ground on the trade front besides the Panthers? So hypothetically, if they want a first and a player, does that mean Christian McCaffrey will count as a first and a player in the Texans' asking price of X amount of first, two uh, good two players. players. So if you put Christian McCaffrey in, does he count as a player and a first? So they could throw six, Christian McCaffrey, a first next year, or a high second next year. See, that's a good point that you bring up. The asking price for the Texans was, you mentioned, three first-round picks, two starting caliber players, and a couple mid-round picks thrown in there. If it's Christian McCaffrey, who's one player, plus an extra player, which they think his value is, plus a first, and a first-round pick that's a top-10 caliber pick, I think you're starting to get close to this being an obtainable situation for Carolina. And you're building up this cap space. Ah, What's more likely? Carolina brings in Deshaun Watson or drafts a quarterback at six? I would probably say currently it's more likely that they draft a quarterback at six, but the way this week's going, who the hell knows? Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. In high school, he didn't play sports, but he did wear a helmet. And just when you think it can't get any worse. My English teacher wanted to flunk me in junior high. Damn. Thanks a lot. Next semester, I'll be 35. Josh is going to attempt to learn B-Dot's vernacular. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's time for B-Dot's Grammar School. What's happening? 
Welcome back to another episode of Grammar School, where we ask Josh three urban words, phrases. Today, I even have a trivia question for Joshua Graham. Oh. That should be fun. I got a question for you, too. That's caucastic. Yes, because this is season two. And on season two, Josh would like to challenge me with a caucastic word to set the tone for the episode. Shoot, Joshua Graham. Here's the question that I have for you. Name one character or actor from the show Friends. Name one. Hold on, repeat it. Name one character actor from. Either the character's name or the actor from the show Friends. I'll give you a hint. Her- none of them none of them are black. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that's a fact. Now see, and the problem that I have with Friends is because Friends is a stolen concept. Okay? So I really boycott Friends. I've they never Elvis watched Elvis Presley Friends. this? Yeah, 100%. They stole it from Living Single, if you're familiar with the show Living Single with uh, Queen Latifah and Kim Harris. It's a beautiful show. But nevertheless, they stole the entire idea and made Friends, and then Friends went on to be great, and you probably don't even know what Living Single is. I didn't know that. Maybe you didn't either. But what is the answer to the question? I don't know, Josh Graham. I don't know one member's name. I'm going to say Jennifer Aniston. That's right! Is that right? That's right! Are you serious? Yes! Jennifer Aniston played Rachel. I can't ring this bell quick enough. Come on, man. He never Don't gets wrong. Me so fast. Hey, hey, a bonus question. You. Can you name one actor or character from the show Seinfeld? Man, come on. Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld, who happened to be in Cameron Indoor Stadium on Saturday. I got it? close to pretty much all the celebrities except for Seinfeld except for and Adam Silver who mm-hmm. were sitting there. Okay, that's the question I had for you. What do you got for me, B-Dot? All right, here we go. Up first, what is sus? S-U-S. Somebody who is suspect, like this guy's suspicious, that is someone who is sus. That is a sus. Is that your final answer? Yeah. That is correct. I knew that one. What did I tell you, Robbie? I said he better know this one. Didn't I say that? I said he better know this one. I'm glad he did. You stuck with suspect first, and I was like, I'll halfway give it to him. Then you said suspicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He rolled with it. He rolled with it. Lemon on the chain with the V cuts. What? That is a lyric. Let me write this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is in a Gucci Mane song, okay, called Lemonade. Are you familiar? Oh, yeah. Lemon. Yeah, Lemon. So, and while he's saying Lemon, he also says Lemon on the chain with the V That's what they're saying? Wow. Lemon on the chain with the V cuts. What does that mean, Josh Graham? It's like the theme song to Good Times where they had that lyric that. Mm Mm-hmm. Standing in a chow line. Yeah. Standing in a chow chow line. Name a character off that show, Josh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And there's the awkward nigga. (laughs) Yeah. That's JJ. R.I.P. He, uh, Mr. Walker passed away recently. He's hmm. still on those commercials, though. He's still getting a check. <laughs> and he still looked like Jay-Z when they did that parody video. You remember that? <laughs> oh, so what was the question again? <laughs> so oh. I know the song. What's the question? Lemon on the chain with, with the, the V-cuts. V-cuts. What does that mean? Lemon on the chain with the V-cuts. <laughs> uh, that's great. 
Yeah. We, me and my friends, we, <laughs> we used to listen to this song all the time. Just walk around with each other, be like, "Oh yeah, lemon." I noticed when I said lemonade, that's every time you always say lemon. Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? Quit trying to stall because you don't know. Lemon on the chain with the V cuts. Yeah. Lemon on the chain with the V cuts. <laughs> Just say it. Say it again. Three three six seven 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 one six hundred. I have no idea what it means. Lemon on the chain with the V cut. Lemon on the chain with the V cuts. I'm gonna go to Robert for some <laughs> help here. Now, you always give me these where I like I feel bad if I don't help you now. Right. Like, before right, it was like nice to like get one over on you, and now I'm just like you're drowning in the water, and like I have to be your life preserver. So, but I'll see, g- here's the thing. But wait, though, here's the here's the only reason why I think you should only give him a clue versus the real deal because he's already got one. That's that's stupid. he's already got one. I mean, I why think does he that just matter? Get a clue. That's why true. does that matter? To make it a 50-50. because if you even if you miss this, you still have a chance with the next I one. I mean, that's like saying, oh, you're up by two. Your free throw attempt should be from the three point line. Quit crying. Like. It, it makes roll no with sense. It, bro. I have another roll answer after this. I'll, 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 I'll kind of do halfway. Uh, it has to do with jewelry. There we go. And I, I, it has to do with. Well, you didn't say anything about that. You just kept kind of floundering. It so, says on the chain. Well, I mean, uh, good. Okay, I'm glad. Okay, now that's what you get. It has to do with jewelry and the type of cut. Unbelievable. What? He just gave it to you. If somebody calls in. And they know it. I literally they're just going gave on the him. line. I, he doesn't even know. I swear I'm he just. Him the I answer. swear to you, he just. He told you it is on. Okay, nothing jewelry. is ever okay, good fine. enough. It's, it isn't. Okay, it's. Is it? Is the cut related to? I thought V cut would be like a V neck would be like the shirt. Mm-hmm. So. So you'd be glad I told you jewelry now, huh? Hmm. Is that the type of cut? What, of what? type of cut? What? What on the jewelry? <sighs> what would be V cut? A diamond. Oh, okay. Okay. And so. why would it be lemon? Right. I don't know. Maybe because they're yellow diamonds. Oh, so like yellow diamonds. Okay. Oh, that's a really good hint if that's correct. All right, so what is your final answer? Means to have like yellow lemon diamonds. on the chain with the V cuts. What does that mean? You have like and, yellow and, I, and I want your final answer. When you stop talking, you're done. With yellow your diamonds, yellow V cut diamonds. That's my final answer. That's what you're wearing. I think that's a negative. It's the yellow cut diamonds on the chain, Josh. Where? What else would they be on? I asked you what was your final answer. Like what else would I they asked be on? You, did I not ask you what was your final answer? If you're wearing I diamonds. I said when you stop talking, you are done with your answer. I needed to hear chain. We just sat there and walked you all the way through it. Robbie, can I get a buzzer? Thank you. Under protest. It's unbelievable. I, I for your final, for your final question. Sure. This is under the umbrella of I didn't know. Maybe you didn't either. This civil rights activist sued outcast and actually won for an undisclosed amount of money who was that civil rights activist is it a lawyer no so it wouldn't be like a noteworthy lawyer it would be it is a noteworthy civil rights activist one of the most known civil rights activists in history sued 
the group outcast and won. I'll say Al Sharpton. That is incorrect. Rosa Parks. What? Rosa, Rosa Parks sued Outkast for the song. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like wait, yeah. How, oh, how did he not get that? How did he not get that? Sued Outkast. I stress to you, Outkast for the song Rosa Parks, one of the most known civil rights activists in history. I'm gonna go with their well-known song Harriet Tubman. B dot. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Outkast number one hit Al Sharpton. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm upset because I felt I won that game. You do? Mm-hmm. I'm upset. I th- I'm fuming. You are a little. You are a little red over there. Yeah, I lost to Brian <laughs> Geisinger this week. People think this is a game. No, this is not a game. This is life. Look around you. Look at what we built here. You're laughing. I'm not. I. Right, all right. How about this? How about this? You're being really sus. How about this? Ooh, good one. How about this? Call up. And you heard both sides. You heard Josh almost get it. You heard why I docked him the point. You are the deciding factor. If you feel like you can just call and tell Robbie if you want, or if you want to make it to air, it's up to you. But if you think Josh should win today, let us know. If you think Josh should lose today, let us know. Robert, we'll let you know. 336-777-1600. Whether or not I deserve the win there. Mm. BDOT, we'll get to his inside intel. Let us know whether or not Duke Assistant coaches were being sus right. after the game on Saturday. Right. And he'll tell us what he learned next. What's up? What's up? What none of you wants to admit is that the kid is good. You're on the drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Let's check in with my biggest fans. <laughs> Jay Austin writes in, I felt as comfortable listening to your urban vocab game as watching Wake Forest play basketball right now. Deeks <laughs> are down six against BC in the second half. That's Take not that. very good. Dot's hanging out in studio with us. Eric writes in, you didn't win. The second question was a questionable answer. You could wear diamonds on a ring and earrings as well as a chain. Thank you. Which is where I had, where I objected to... Where the game was under appeal, I'm still kicking myself for not answering Rosa Parks. Facts. Correctly. Oh, my gosh. But Al Robert spent the entire time out on the phone with listeners. Robert, we're going to go to D in a second. What was the general consensus from the phone callers? Uh, to surmise the group of six callers I talked to, <laughs> Damn. Uh, <laughs> no one thought you should win that game. They were very upset with you about missing the Rosa Parks answer, but they also thought since the game started off with a T-ball like sus, mm-hmm. you should have been able to pass with a passing grade. Mm-hmm. So the audience is very disappointed in you. Mm. Let's go to D and Moncure. D and Moncure, did I win? Man, hell no, Josh. <laughs> You my boy, man, but nah, bro, you stunk it up. Didn't he? <laughs> Bruh, I got, how does he guess Al Sharpton to Rosa Parks? Man, that was terrible, Josh. Come on, I'm bro. sorry, D. I'm sorry. Thank you for the call. Thank you. I'll take the yell now. Yeah. I actually feel better. Thank you. See, it's not just us robbing you in here. We're being, Robbie and I, we never want to just blatantly sabotage you yeah like i since we started it back i haven't even given you like a misdirection again like i've been trying to put you on the straight and narrow but gosh we can't just spoon feed you josh no way like my gosh you know you're right like robert 
I'm sorry. Like, you're somebody that would never sabotage what I do, and you've been a great friend to me. I don't know what lovey-dovey stuff Josh is talking about, but Wake Forest is closing in on Boston College right now. They lead, Boston College leads 41-35 with 15 minutes to go in the second half. They closed the distance a little bit, but Wake has got a ways to go here in the ACC tournament. Stay tuned right here on WSJS Sports. That's the exact score I just gave <laughs> two minutes ago. Is that, I, your, is that your ACC player of the year walking down looking dejected? Alondis Williams is the player of the year in the ACC. I'm asking you, is that the one that's yes. just looking dejected with that stupid headband on? It's not my coach of the year. Mm. I, I voted Coach Cat. Uh-oh, wait, turnover. Yeah, you want to do the play-by-play on this possession? No, because I don't know the players well enough. Oh, you Those don't know Wake's players guy. well enough? Nah, I don't. Not even going to lie to you. You don't even know the the British white guy with the basketball here? The one that dropped us for 30, LaRavia? Yeah, no, 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 no. That's Cam Hildreth. Oh, no, I the don't. The other white guy. Oh, sorry. I got my white guys mixed up. My you apologies. know, that happens. If yeah. it happened in the reverse, Woo! I might not be on the air tomorrow. <laughs> sorry. Actually, I'm not going to be on the air tomorrow anyway. See? Take that back. 10 to 11 a.m. tomorrow. Special edition of The Drive leading up to pregame coverage of Duke and Syracuse and setting up the entire day. We're going to have every game of the quarterfinals tomorrow, the semis on Friday, and the championship game on Saturday. I think we've filibustered enough and buried the lead enough. You said you had information. What went down Saturday in the handshake line after Duke and Carolina? Yeah, see, when Coach HD, there was this huge misconception that Coach HD snubbed Chris Carrollwell and Nolan and Wake Forest just hit a big three. And um, But the reality is when Coach HD came out of the locker room, I've never been in Cameron during a game, so you can help me with this. Okay. When they come out, he has to walk past their bench, correct? Yes. But the problem was you were there. They had the Tunnel of Love set up. See, it's so interesting you bring this up. Yep. I've never heard the story you're about to say, but when I was talking about every aspect of the K farewell went wrong, I think there was no rehearsal. There's no possible way you can get all those guys to come in a day early and do this. Cameron is so cramped. When the Tar Heels came out onto the floor, they had to like part the seas like Moses while they were trying to get the former Duke players in behind the Duke bench. It's not as simple as it sounds mm-hmm. when every seat is so valuable to try and cram 96 people behind the bench. So when Duke came out, or when Carolina came out, they did, it was awkward that they had to wait for an opening from right. all those former Duke players to get on the floor. Now, so this Coach, is a part of the story? Yeah, so when Coach HD comes out, everybody's wearing what? Those white Duke t-shirts? Everybody, even the assistant coaches. Oh, that's right, because they're former players. So no, so so Coach HD didn't know who was who. He saw when um, Coach K, he shook Coach K's hand, and he went back to his spot. It wasn't a slight, like, I don't see y'all, I'm not going to shake your hand. When he came out, it's a hundred tall guys with white shirts on, like, to sift through all of that oh. just to shake the assistant's hand. Who does that? So he it's a misunderstanding. It's a complete misunderstanding. So then on the handshake line, that's why Coach HD has a lot of uh, funny memes been made about his face expression when he's looking back at Chris Carrollwell. But he's really shocked. Like, what the heck are you – like, what's going on? So, Do you blame Chris Carrollwell, though, for feeling that way? Yeah, absolutely. Because the way you're describing it makes me think a little bit better of Carrollwell and that it's a misunderstanding 
versus this had something to do back with what happened in Chapel Hill. No, see, this this upsets me because... It seems less petty. If no, you're seems, just seeing it's a misunderstanding. Okay, I agree with that idea, but I could also argue that it is more petty in the idea that you are... Here's my question. If Duke wins that game, does Chris Carroll will shake Coach HD's hand? <laughs> like, like, he probably gives him a pound, a, a chest bump, and all kinds of stuff. Like, this was not because of a snubbed handshake. This was because of a loss in Cameron. Here's here's what I've learned about players and coaches. Covering sports for a very long time, they are very regimented. They do something a specific way every single game. Mm. And in that case, Chris Carrowell, it might be part of his routine, same thing for Nolan Smith, to shake hands with the assistant coaches before the game. Obviously, when it's the Duke Carolina game at Cameron, Things might not be as normal and part of the routine. Things might not happen the way they're supposed to. It, I remember talking to Brandon Robinson before that game. We were standing in the corner uh, right behind, right where uh, they were set to enter, where this all was supposed to happen, where this, where right in front, uh, in front of the Duke bench. And we were joking about three years before that, the Zion game. Mm-hmm. I said, B-Rob, when, you, when I think about that game, I think about you because – this corner that you're standing on right now, you were trying to warm up and get your corner shots up the way you do every game. You couldn't because so many media members were cramped up in that corner mm-hmm. taking photos of Obama that you had to scooch over to the side. He's like, man, I remember that. Yeah. But everybody has their own pregame routine. This makes so much more sense now. But this it, is good information. It makes so much more sense now. It's just, I agree with 100% it's a misunderstanding, but it was still corny. And the only reason that I'm not... I had made plans to give Chris Carrowell a whole bunch of ridiculous names and all kinds of stuff, but I'm refraining because Coach HD says that he and and Coach Carrowell and, and John Shire Coach spoke. Shire they spoke. So you know, and I, and I know that Coach HD is not someone who would intentionally snub somebody and not shake their hand. He's been an assistant coach his entire career. So if there's anybody he can relate to, it's an assistant coach. So I didn't buy that narrative to begin with. But to get to insight, being that I wasn't there. But seeing that all of them had on the white shirts, I can understand why he would not try to sift through every player to find out, oh, let me get Chris Carroll and John Shire a handshake. Like, it wasn't that serious. I have one question for you, though. Were you or were you not offered a ticket to this game Friday night? Friday night, I was on the way to the club in Colombia, and Eric Hoots FaceTimes me. And he's like, yo, where you at? I said, I'm in Colombia. He says, um, South Carolina? I said, no, the one with two O's, Colombia, the country. And he says, dang, so you can't get to Chapel Hill. I'm like, man, don't play, man. I was like, the first time I was on FaceTime with you, you were giving me the best news of my life. Why do I feel like you're about to give me the worst news of my life now? He said, Coach HD got an extra ticket for the game, and he told me to contact you because he wants Dot and Cameron Indoor Stadium. Did you have any thought of getting back on a plane and getting there in time for the game? I had already put the $450 in my uh, flight flight uh, agent's account. I was already about to book the flight. The only problem was, one, I could not get – a COVID test in time. It was because this is like one o'clock in the morning. My flight was leaving at 5 a.m., but I couldn't get in touch with the guy to give me a COVID test. And two, I had an hour layover where I would have had to switch from Delta to American and getting through customs and all of that. I didn't know if I would be able to get it. I didn't want to chance it, so I just didn't go. How does that make you feel different about the game considering, have you seen the movie Fever Pitch? No. So Jimmy Fallon Drew Barrymore. It's a Boston Red Sox movie. And there's a key scene where they go out and they have one of their best evenings together. And then, and he wasn't going to go to a Yankee Red Sox game. And this guy, huge Red Sox fan, goes to like every home game. Right. 
Then he gets back, like gets to a TV later that night, turns on the TV, and sees that the Red Sox came back from nine runs down <laughs> and they won a historic game. And he lost his mind. Oh right. my God, I, I could have been there and I wasn't there. Right. How much FOMO did you go through not being at what many people argue to be Carolina's greatest win against Duke? Yeah, it, 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 I, I was tormented. And you've never been to Cameron. No, I've never been to Cameron. I was oh. tormented. Um, I really was tormented. I, like you would have been 100 yards away or 100 feet away from watching many of the most hated Blue Devils ever. Christian Leitner, Grayson Allen, Danny Ferry, all in the same building. You get to see J.J. Redick. You get to see all their faces at the same time and watching it now. And me winning. Yeah. Yeah, like, trust me. You would have run on the floor. You know I would have been on the floor. I would have been on the floor. And, like, I thought about all of that. But the only solace I had was the fact that I wasn't 100% sure. It wasn't a direct flight. If I would have got caught up in Fort Lauderdale in customs and wasn't in Columbia and didn't make it to the game and I was stranded there, that would have been agony. So where I was, I was in Columbia. I was I just got off the jet skis. I, I was in a great place. I just wasn't in camera. But the fact that Coach HD wanted to give me that ticket, the fact that that morning um, Ms. Lisa um, Davis, the, the, the lovely wife of Coach Davis, um, sent me a text message and just let me know that they, I'll be with them in spirit and they were gonna, we were going to get that win, that meant the world to me. Anyone not on medication? No. Nope. The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Listening to Steve Forbes during that timeout, he was asked about his team's chances to make the NCAA tournament, and he said, quote, I think we're going to be one of the best 68 teams but I'm not holding my breath. I don't get a vote. West Durham now joins us following the Deeks' shocking loss in the second round of the ACC tournament. My feeling on this game, and I listened to you guys this morning, uh-huh. is that Wake could not afford to have a bad loss in this game. Joe Lenardi still projects that the Deeks are in slightly, even though he was on the uh, they were on the first, the last four in line that he put out right before the game. I, I think we're looking at the NIT with Wake Forest now because this can't be the lasting impression you have, the worst loss that you've had on the season. Well, I mean, you qualify losses in a in a, a variety of ways, Josh. I think the first thing you have to know is is that they don't have any particular high end wins. Okay. Um. I mean, you understand that the losses also have to go in conjunction with the wins, right? I mean, you understand that. We've talked about that in years gone by. You've got to have a pronounced win. Um, did Wake beat Notre Dame? No. Did Wake beat Duke? Wake beat Notre Dame. Or Wake beat Notre Dame, right? Yeah, they, they lost to Miami Notre- twice. They lost to Miami twice. They beat Notre Dame. They lost to Duke twice, correct? Yes. And beat Carolina. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, that Carolina thing now means something. Um, so I, I think you've got to look at: Do they have a top? Do they have a win over a ranked team? They have one because right. Carolina's twenty fifth. But okay. I guess you now need Carolina to make a run to the tournament. It wouldn't hurt. Um, and the loss to Boston College, I think Joe. I just got an email because I'm on a list for him. Um, I just got an email saying Wake Forest position does not change with a loss. So there you go. So what you're going to spend the next five days doing is watching other tournaments. That's what's going to be the problem. 
that's going to be the real problem. Now, right now, he's got him in, right? Yes. So he, the position does not change. The question is, what's going to happen around him? Is somebody going to make a run out of the event in Brooklyn? Because clearly what has happened is Wake Forest is the last of the five right now. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so really what Wake has to hope is, and we touched on this earlier in the week on the show, I think it was Monday, we talked about displacement. In other words, somebody loses early, Wake, somebody like that. Next thing you know, Virginia Tech wins twice, Virginia wins twice. And all of a sudden, the Deeks aren't the team. The ACC number is five. I think there's still room for five. The question is, who are the five? And right now, Wake Forest is in probably the most tenuous spot of the five right now. And I think there are teams, even one that's playing today, that might be in position to be the fifth better than Wake Forest, even though Wake may or may not have beaten that team in Charlottesville back in January. Sure, Virginia, if they win the night, which barring another upset like the one we just saw, Mm -hmm. they would get North Carolina tomorrow. That's an opportunity for a quad one win for Virginia. And when you start talking about what's more important to the committee, the good losses or the bad losses versus a very good win, Mm -hmm. Virginia has had worse losses than Wake Forest has had, but they have far better wins in that they won at Duke beat Providence, and beat Miami twice. And if they beat North Carolina, it seems like to me, again, I'd have to go back and see what Joey Brackets and others say, (laughs) that they would probably would be in a better position with the win tonight and tomorrow night than Wake Forest currently is. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. But you don't know until the other stuff happens too. And the other stuff being... Pac-12, Southeastern Conference, uh, Big 12, Big 10. I mean, you know, we just had a, a scenario where you had a um, you had a, a school like a um, you had a school like Arizona State just give away a big old lead, right? I mean, that was a problem. So, you know, you're you're dealing with that in the Pac-12. You've got Big Ten teams, you got SEC teams that are all in some sort of you know, combined group here. So let's see what happens. Let's not write the Deacons off just yet, but know that they're going to be a couple sleepless nights down the road for Deacon fans. And there are a variety of reasons it happened today. Number one, I heard Steve Forbes say in, your, in the press conference cut you ran, they, LaRavia and Alondis Williams combined for 11 turnovers. That's not going to win any games. No, five for Alondis. Yeah, they didn't shoot any free, they didn't shoot free throws very well. That doesn't win you any games. I mean, you know, this is this is postseason basketball. This is kind of what it's about. And by the way, it's the second straight year that a uh, a thirteen has beaten a five. Yeah. I mean, so get ready. That's the new uh, that's the new core upset line in the ACC tournaments: a thirteen over a five. Second straight year, Miami beat Clemson last year in a thirteen five scenario. Where do you stand on Buddy Bayheim and what should happen with him tomorrow? Uh, well, I mean. Lafonso Ellis identified this. It's a flagrant two. Yes. Now, we don't. What we don't see on television is we don't see what led to it. Okay. And because and here's the the rub in this. And there's a little bit of a gray area, and that's the tough part. Um, what happens in this is we have to see the whole video, and we haven't seen the whole video. And if Jim is right in his comments, which you know, I. If if uh, Wyatt Wilkes was banging him down the floor, 
Now, remember, it wasn't called on the floor. See, there was no foul called. There was no whistle blown. That's the bigger issue here. And, you know, I'm not trying to indict Brian Kersey's crew. I'm just saying there was nothing on the floor called. This is all uh, subjective to video review. So we have to see more of than what we're seeing. And, you know, if I could see that video, then I could probably tell you. My guess is right now he probably doesn't play tomorrow. That's my guess. I, I mean, and I'm just seeing the back end of the play. Mm, I see a lot of Wake Forest fans are listening to us right now, and they're probably thinking, well, wait a minute, didn't Chris Paul get a ACC tournament game sure. for what happened to Julius sure Hodge in 2005? Yeah. Yeah. Why does it the same thing apply? It, I mean, well, I it, guess if you throw a punch, I, the ruling then was flagrant two, and this is, or I guess they called it something different back then, but, you know, still kind of the same thought. You look at it technically, and even I, what you're saying is true, he might have got banged up the floor. That doesn't excuse what Bayheim did. Well, and Hodge and Paul had an altercation long before Chris, you know, sure. went below the belt. So, again, Paul sat. I'm suspecting Buddy Bayheim will sit. I think so, too. That's my opinion. Now, I don't know, but that's my guess. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's not as egregious as David Collins and Wendell Moore in the Clemson-Duke uh, game, right? But, I mean, it still is a flagrant two. And so, the precedent for David Collins was set, and I suspect that the precedent for Buddy Bayheim's going to be set. It's a tough deal for Syracuse. That's a talented, talented kid. But that's the rule. Shouldn't do it. And the fact he and Wilkes were kind of – Chumming it up after the game, that's, you know, that doesn't ease it. And I don't think that'll come into play. We'll see. I mean, look, this is the time of year where everybody's on a short fuse anyway for a lot of things. First team all ACC, Buddy Beheim might not be available tomorrow for Syracuse. And Duke already had beaten Syracuse twice by margins of 20 and 25. Mm -hmm. And here's another stat for you. Coming off losses this year, Duke 4-0. The average margin of victory in those games, 23 points. Yep. And we'll see what uh, Duke has for Syracuse tomorrow at noon. Trying to think what else to throw at you. How how about this? Duke and Notre Dame, you get those two, or you get the field. Who are you taking to win the tournament? Oh, boy. Duke and Notre Dame versus the field. I know you got your little nuggets. I love that you do this every year. It says, and this is probably my favorite ACC tournament stat, that a six seed has won the ACC tournament like four times, but a five, five. seed's only won it once. That's correct. Duke in Brooklyn in 17. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite stats. So you're getting, well, I guess you don't got a five seed anymore because Wake Forest just got knocked out. That's it. That's but, why the five seed's been unlucky. They get beaten in this damn game. It's unbelievable. It really um, is. I would say this. I, Notre Dame is a little too uh, Jekyll and Hyde for me. So I'm not one that's apt to go run to Notre Dame. Okay, I mean, I like them offensively, but they take a couple of El Doceritos every once in a while on the defensive end of the floor. I, I think Duke's the favorite. I mean, look, if you're going to give me Duke or two of the remaining top three, top four seeds, um, I'd probably still take Duke. I- I'd take Duke. Yeah, I, I mean, would. Saturday night, you know, it's going to live in infamy, to quote and paraphrase FDR, or as Herb Brooks told the 80 hockey team for the rest of your lives. Um, but it's it's probably an outlier to how good they are. 
And I, now I think Carolina's playing with a lot of momentum. The question is, can Carolina get it back up into the red line on, on Thursday night? That's the real question I have about Carolina. Can a team who had that kind of moment Saturday night reload the battery, so to speak, to now make a push in Brooklyn or even more so next week when they're probably going to be somewhere around the 10, 9, 8, 7 line? West Durham with us here. When's the last time you didn't call ACC tournament games? 2016, Washington, D.C. I was at – actually, I was at the SEC doing the games for IMG at the time. Hmm. And yeah, I'm going to be in Brooklyn for 21 hours, and that's it this week. It's strange. Like, usually we just associate the ACC tournament with your voice, and of course well, you had – I appreciate that. I hope, to be, I hope to be back at some point in the future doing it. Yeah. You know, you know what I think it is? Hmm. I think they need uh, they need some voices that fit the the northeast footprint a little <laughs> bit better, you know. So with the tournaments in Greensboro, maybe we get West Durham's voice yeah. on it. Well, yeah. I hope there's a little bit more thinking to it than that. But thanks. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. You know, the the rotation, the tournament site rotation is always going to be a discussion point around mm -hmm. here. And you know, I, I put this out this er, out there earlier today, and it's how I feel about it. You know. There are some great college tournament locations that just work, that you just have the tournament at each year, and it's fine. When you mm -hmm. talk about Omaha with college baseball, Oklahoma City works when it comes to college softball. I've heard rave reviews about how those cities put their arms around a tournament, and you just know how big of a deal it is when that tournament comes to town. And it just reminds me about the way people talk about the ACC tournament here in Greensboro, and there's no other city, even Charlotte, that checks the box that type of way. Ideally for you, what do you think a rotation should look like? Do you still believe in the idea of a rotation? Oh, sure. I, I think that it is still the ACC's marquee event. Uh, I, I think that the Brooklyn experiment, and I think it's okay to use that term, has been just that, an experiment. Um, doesn't mean we have to go back to Brooklyn. Um, and you may have not, you may have never heard me say this before, but I, I've always said that after we went to Tampa in 2007, you can take it anywhere once. Okay. Because Tampa was such a foreign land to the tournament, Josh, in 2007, that you basically said at that point as the Atlantic Coast Conference, we'll go anywhere up and down the conference footprint one time. I mean, we're never going back to Tampa, okay? They're nice people. It's a nice building, the whole bit. We're never going to take this event to Tampa, Florida again. It went one time. It's like the SEC went to St. Louis a couple of years ago. I don't know that the SEC will ever go back to St. Louis, but they went one time. Okay, we've gone – the only way to get into the metropolitan New York area was to probably do a three-year deal, and that's what they did. So I, I would say this to you. I think that – the logic tells me to keep it in the corridor of Washington, Greensboro, Charlotte, and Atlanta. I think there's enough ACC verve in Atlanta that you can have the event there. But you have to go more than when you've gone. The last time we went to Atlanta was 12. You don't think Atlanta is more of an SEC town than an ACC town? I think it is if you don't have events there. Right? And you haven't been there in 10 years. That's right. Okay. So if you're not going to go to Atlanta – you're basically conceding Washington, Greensboro, Charlotte. Now, I didn't go to the 16 event, as I just said a moment ago, that was in Washington. I heard 11 years after they went to Washington in 05, 
I heard that the 16 event was terrific and everybody had a great time and Washington's downtown area had developed so much around the, uh, I guess it's Capital One Center now, that a lot of people had a great time there. To me, if that, if that is the case, then D.C. needs to be a consistent piece of the rotation. I would say this. Greens, I have no problem going Greensboro-Charlotte, okay? And if they build something between Charlotte and Atlanta in the state of South Carolina that has 18,000 seats, I'll tell you the bigger problem you got, Josh. People don't go like they used to go. No. I don't care where it is. And to me, this is my dad would flip if he heard me say this. The ticket book is an antiquated model that needs to go away. But I don't work on campuses and leverage those tickets in terms of fundraising. Okay? So I can't really say that with a lot of creed at this point. What do you mean when you say the ticket book? The ticket book is what you used to buy if you were Wolfpack Club, Iron Duke, Deacon yeah. Club, oh, yeah. Rams Club. The ticket book was the value because the ticket book got you into all the games. Well, now we have 14 games or however many damn games we have, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's impossible to go to every game. Nobody from Colfax, North Carolina, is going to go to Brooklyn on Monday night to go to games all the way through Saturday night. It's just not going to happen. So you have to create some incentive. And just look at the secondary market prices on some of these tickets the first two days in Brooklyn. Look at the secondary market tickets in Tampa. Look at today in Tampa. Tomorrow afternoon, Florida plays in Tampa, and like a ticket yesterday on secondary market was inside five bucks. I mean, I'm not sure we need to be, you know, creating this demand by putting the onus on the schools. Maybe we need to go back and look at the way the, the tickets are doled out. Maybe we go to session tickets for – you know, the first 125 people of each school or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned about people coming to the event. And Greensboro is unique, and not to, because I was born there and grew up in that area, but I would say this, Greensboro is unique because it's an old arena. It's an old arena that's been updated and renovated several times, and Matt Brown, those people have done a phenomenal job. But the one thing they've got there that other places don't have, parking. Hmm. They got gobs of it. <laughs> they got tailgating. I mean, to the point where, quite frankly, if we go back to Greensboro next year, one of the things I'd like to do is do Packer and Durham from the parking lot. Oh, that'd be but, great. You know, I mean, I have no idea if ESPN would go for that or not. Based on one day in Brooklyn, I'm not sure we'll get but one day. But anyway, um, <laughs> I uh, – you know, I, I just don't know kind of where, where the future of the ticket demand is. And in all honesty, that's a bigger concern to me than the location. West Durham, listen to Packer and Durham in the mornings right here on WSGS Sports and on the ACC Network. Tomorrow, we're going to immediately follow your show for an hour before passing things off to David Shoemate. Take us up till Duke and Syracuse at noon, and then okay. we'll have all the games on our station all day tomorrow, and we're excited for that. Wes? You bet. Well, the next time we'll uh, listen to you's tomorrow morning, and then we'll see you in Brooklyn on Friday. Appreciate you spending the time with us as always. All right, guys. Be well. Take care. See you. There he goes. It's West Durham.